And it's great to have you guys here this morning, and uh, great to be worshiping with you. And uh, we're going to dive into God's Word. We're in a series called Lord of All. Lord of All. Not Lord of Some, not Lord of Most, but Lord of Lord of All. Like, really, if we're going to put Him in charge, it's, Lord, we're not giving you charge of this little category of my life or this little space of, but it's, you're in charge of the whole of my life. And what does that mean to hand all of me over to you, Lord of all? And uh, so over the last couple of weeks, man, we've talked about handing over our attitudes. And uh, that was a big challenge week as we walked through the handing over of our thoughts and our, our, our emotions and our, the stirrings within us and how we handle that before our God. And then last week we looked at handling our tongue. And uh, so if you noticed that it ends up getting harder to handle it when you start thinking about it more. And uh, so the question is, is it actually harder or did we just start noticing how bad we are at it, right? And so we've been talking about the attitude and the tongue and man, don't set it down and don't stop and uh, continue to work in those areas where God is allowing to teach you what he wants done and what he can do. Remember, it's all his power and his change, right? We're not muscling these things, we're handling it over, handing it over to him. And uh, today we're talking about uh, Lord of my possessions. One of the quickest ways you know where someone's worship lies is to see where they spend their money, spend their time, and uh, share of their possessions. And uh, seeing how that works tells you a ton about their worship. So Lord of my possessions, that's what we're looking at today. The question is, Lord, how can I be showing you that you're fully in charge in my life when it comes to my possessions, all right? So turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, we're going to walk verse by verse through this. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? 2 Corinthians 9. And uh, just keep your hand raised. They'll get to you. Be patient. 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. And Paul here is talking to the Corinthian church, and he's dealing with giving. And the topic of giving. And he gives us a couple of different insights to it. We're going to break it down into three majors today, all right? So the first step, the first point in giving with worship. Cheerful. Be cheerful. Give with a willing heart. Okay, that's a huge part of it. Be cheerful. Give with a willing heart. He starts out in verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully each one must give as he has decided in his own heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver all right so break it down a little here the point is this can you be more clear about a summary statement right here's the point and uh Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Paul jumps to a, a metaphor, an analogy. Whoever sows sparingly, he's going to the farmer thing, right? So picture a farmer. And uh, some of you are like, that's easy, I am one, right? Picture a farmer, and, and you've got hundreds and hundreds of acres, maybe even thousands of acres, and you walk out to the fields, you look at your field. And all that wonderful, rich soil that grows crops so well. And you reach into this bag next to you and you pull out a handful of seed and you go, that ought to do it. Right? 
and uh, that's going to be a lame harvest, right? And uh, we know that. We know that's so obvious. And uh, he's like, I'm just telling you, just like a farmer who pitches one handful of seed into a massive field, and you're going to reap back what you sow. And uh, when you come back in the harvest time and there's a few things of corn right near where you pitch the seed and there's nothing for the rest of it but weeds, then don't be surprised, right? And that's what he's saying. If you sow sparingly, expect to reap sparingly. Where those seeds hit and grow, well, that's what you're going to reap from. And uh, it says, whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In fact, the, in the original, it, uh, it says here, whoever sows with blessing reaps with blessing. So the word bountifully there is actually kind of a translation. It's trying to make sense out of it, an interpretation, if you will, trying to make sense out of it. With blessing, what does that mean? Like God's pouring it on you, and now you're pouring it out into to see him do a mighty work, right? That's what he's saying. You're sowing with blessing. You're taking from that which you've been blessed and now sharing it out. Sowing with blessing or bountifully. And then you'll reap a with blessing kind of reap. And, uh, and this is starting to sound a lot like health, wealth, and prosperity, isn't it? What's up with that? And uh, I don't even believe in that. And hang on, we're going to address that. And we're going to address that in full, okay? Just hang on for a second. And uh, so, yes, go ahead and sow bountifully so that you can reap bountifully. It says, each one must give as he has decided in his own heart. Well, how much should I lavish on? How much should I go after? It says, each one. Everybody say, each one. Like, this is not a, everybody do the same thing. Each one as you've decided in your own heart, okay? He didn't put a number down. He didn't say, each one of you Get out your calculators and type in this percentage. That's not what he said, actually. He said, each one, as you've decided in your own heart. And uh, this is a huge deal. In fact, the uh, word decided here, it uh, literally means to first choose. It shows your priority. To choose first this. Like, that's what you've decided, okay? I'm going this way. And, and that's a real decision where your choice is involved in it. And we're going to see that in the words he puts right after it here. Your choice, your heart engaged. Real worship, okay? Not some religious thing that looks like it on the outside, but in fact inside there's massive rebellion and disappointment to have to participate in it. But an excitement in being a part of it. Real worship as my heart is now in alignment with him. It says, each one giving as he has decided in his heart. Um, it says, not reluctantly. That's when you use the word fine. Reluctantly. Fine. I'll give, okay? And uh, everybody say, not that. Right? It's not the fine. All right, uncle. I, I knew I shouldn't have come to church today. Not that. Not fine. Uh, he says, and not under compulsion either. That's the, do I really have to? Seriously, you're going to make me. And uh, not those. See, those are a heart that's trying to hold as much as you can hold for you and give as little as you can give, and you're going to be made to do it. But that's not worship. Right? We're missing it in that moment. 
and a true worship where we're making him Lord of all, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. In fact, it says right after it, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And uh, you'll notice a lot of times when we do our offering, uh, we'll often say, hey, let's continue worshiping God as we take our offering, right? And we'll do an applause piece. We didn't today because we had a few other things going on, but we'll do that thing where we're applauding. Some of you are like, I know it. I think that's a little weird, actually. And uh, I hear you on it. It could be a little on the unusual side, but we're making a statement. We will give cheerfully, and we will continue in worship right now as we're doing our giving to the Lord. Taking the offering is not something other than worship. It is, quite frankly, the center of our worship. Where is my heart right now with him? Okay? And a huge deal for us to give cheerfully. And uh, that's not the fake smile on your face, right? You know, the kind where the bag's coming by and you're like, <laughs> I don't want to let go of it. Right? Not, not that. Right? It's the, seriously, we're like real happy to be saying, Lord, you have lavished it on me with blessing. And, and I'm amazed at what you're doing. And so I want to, with blessing, lavish back to you. And I'm still figuring out what that means for some of the numbers on it. But here's what I've decided for now. And I'm pouring that back into you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in my life. And uh, this is a huge deal where it says God loves a cheerful giver. In fact, in the original language, it starts out, it says, a cheerful giver God loves. Okay, the emphasis in the sentence is on the cheerful giving. God is love. It shouldn't surprise us that he's lavishing out some love, right? But he's saying, I'm just telling you, I love the heart that gets giving. Why? Well, because that's who he is. He's like, did you see that guy? That's my boy right there. He's getting what I'm about, man. That's what I'm saying. Did you see her? She's starting to see my giving nature. Do you see that? She's beginning to feel what I feel. She's headed where I'm headed. He's getting where I'm going. That's my boy. That's God loves the cheerful giver. Why? Because he's a cheerful giver. And he's pouring it on with all he's got. And this is us echoing back. Have you seen my God? He looks a little like this as we go after it. Cheerful giving. Great opportunity for us to celebrate. And let me just say this now about the health, wealth, and prosperity thing. See, the difference here is in sowing sparingly and sowing bountifully and, and getting and what it all works like. And the point is not in the end, so I can get. Everybody say that's not the point. Not so I can get. It is so he's worshipped. Okay? Health, wealth, and prosperity centers on me. How much can I end up with? Are you telling me if I cut a little bigger check, more is coming back? Honey, get the pen. Right, that's health, wealth, and prosperity, and that's a problem. It's I'm giving only to get more. The goal in the end is amass the wealth to me, and that's a problem. But I'll tell you, God does love giving hilariously, and he does lavish it on, and he does ask for us to do the same. And lavishing it back to him and going after it in a huge way. And what a privilege to be a part of giving to him. And so be careful. You know, I hear the phrase, hey, you can't outgive God. Um, if by that you think it means if I cut a check, he'll cut a bigger one back, you might outgive God. You hearing me? Be careful. 
When God pours it back, sometimes it is in the realm of cash flows, and he's saying, I'm giving back to you so you can give even more generously into an area. I'm looking for you to be a key giver financially. Great. But for many, he might be like, I'm looking for you to be a key giver with your heart and your passion, and I want your time invested, and I want, so give here financially, but I'm telling you, I'm going to pour it on in another way in your life, and you're going to be amazed. This is not the how to get money game. Okay, that's the difference. This is, Lord, I'm pouring it on you, and I want you worshipped. That's the end point. Whatever you decide to do, however you decide to do it, to pour it on. I know you will be pouring it on, so wherever and however, great, because it's not about what I get. May you be worshipped. And all of God's people said, please tell me you hear the difference between health, wealth, and prosperity in these couple verses. We will be worshipping him. And whatever God does, we trust him with and we're excited about it. Now let's give like he gives to us, right? That's what he's calling us to. So uh, best example of it. I thought, you know what? Why don't we just throw up a, a few pictures of uh, Compassion Day from yesterday. And uh, here's a few pictures. They're going to be popping up here. And uh, just hear me on this one. Compassion Day. Yesterday we had almost 900 people here for Compassion Day. It was an awesome day. Amen. And that's a lot of people to get ready to go out to the streets, hands and feet of Jesus Christ, going beyond these church walls, serving. We served in 28 organizations, 900 individuals, 28 organizations, massive amounts of work being done, help all over the place, loved what you guys were doing. And my wife and I, we went over to, I, I forget how many we got to, five or six different places. And uh, as we went out to these places, sometimes to kick in and help with, sometimes to talk to the key leader over over at that place in an organization that we wanted to chat with and get to know them a little better. And it was awesome that every place we stopped, all these blue shirts and tons of smiles and massive work being done and huge amounts of praise for our God going on. And I'm telling you, it's to the point where we're like, we don't want to leave and go to the next spot. Let's dive in, man. Let's just start serving. It was really hard to move on each time and exciting to see what God was doing and finally ended up doing some things and serving at one of the spots. And I'm telling you, just a neat place to be able to be yesterday, to get this stir in this place. The buzz that was going on couldn't even get you in the, out of the hallway into here to get it started, right? You're all high-fiving and handshaking and talking and cheerfully giving of your day. And uh, we got back home, and one of our neighbors was coming by, and, and uh, he said, what did I see on Facebook? Right? Some of you are already doing the hashtag Compassion Day 2015, right? And uh, so keep doing that, by the way. If you've got some photos of the day, just hashtag it with Compassion Day 2015, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and those will all get collected together. And it's been already making a stir, man. And our neighbor's like, man, what a cool thing. And we started chatting it through and what's going on. And that is awesome. The church making an impact in the area. And that's you guys. I am so happy to be with you guys, to be pastoring with you guys, to be serving with you guys. You get cheerful giving. You get it in a huge way. And, and please hear me on this. I'll just say this a million times over. This message is not structured because somehow the church is in need of finances. We aren't. You're doing a great job giving. You're lavishing it on. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. And for those of you who are here and you're like, I'm not really sure I'm plugging into the whole giving to God thing. I'm just telling you, my concern is for your worship. 
Make sure that you know the one who is a giving God and be lavishing it on with him. And I'm telling you, the more you pour in, the more ministries can open up and the more we can go after. But you guys are doing a phenomenal job. All right? Cheerful giving. The heart of this body, you got it going. And let's keep it going. And for those of you who are like, I feel like I need to do a little more. Great. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it as we move through the, through the passage here. All right? So uh, the first point, cheerful giving. Give with a willing heart. Simple question. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with the cheerful part? The getting what God's blessing into your life and giving out of that. Make sure you're going after it, all right? Number two, uh, available. Allow God to give through you. Available. Allow God to give through you. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, do you hear the alls? All sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's a lot of alls and everys, right? When God's involved, there's going to be a lot of alls and everys, all right? And uh, he says here, God is able to make, like he can do it, all grace abound. He's going to be lavishing on the blessing, pouring it into your life in a variety of ways, that include caring for physical needs and, yes, caring for financial needs and more than that, caring in a spiritual way as well. All grace abound. He's pouring it into your life. Don't lose the context Paul's in. He's talking to a church giving and they're giving, all right, as he's talking about it. All grace abound to you. And then here's the I-N-G word. How does God give? In a way where having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound. All things, all times. Do you believe that? Does it feel that way to you? Are you like, I don't know, man. I don't feel like God's actually lavishing on all things in all ways at all times. Like, honestly, I could probably go to McDonald's, sit down with my sheet of paper, and make a list of at least four things I could see God lavishing a little higher in, please. Right? And... Uh, What's going on when that's happening? Because Scripture says he does it. So is Scripture wrong or is our experience wrong? What are we doing wrong with it? Really think about the answer, okay? Grind on it. Here's the best answer I can give. If we think that God has not given all things in all times, lavishing on the blessing then we must be trying to accomplish a different task than what he's accomplishing. All right? My task that I'm going after, God, and this is what I'm trying to get to, and I can't get there because you're not, if you would just align with me now. Right, are you hearing it? Wait, who's God of the universe now? Right? Here's my plan, Lord. Form on me. Right? And, and I'm frustrated you're not forming with me, God, and we're missing it. And God's got a plan and God's moving powerfully. And well, what is he trying to accomplish? He says right after it here. It says, having all sufficiency in all things at all times, that you may abound in every good work. That's God's goal. He's going to be sanctifying. He's going to be growing you. 
He's going to be shaping your heart. He's going to be pouring into your soul from his very glory and changing you one degree of glory at a time. And the, every good work is going to continue to grow in your life. More vision, more wisdom, more discernment, more energy, more passion, more power, more focus, more hope, more... Are you hearing it? God's going to be directing you towards worshiping him all the more as you become more like him. His goal may not be to fix your job problem. He may actually be using that to shape your soul. His goal may not be to immediately remove the family hurt going on. He might work through that to shape the soul. We have to be very careful now that we don't begin to call God a liar because the path he's walking us on does hurt a little. Amen? Those are tough walks, man. But all sufficiency in all things at all times that you may grow up in every good work. And in fact, it says even abound. All right? Look what it says here. It says... Uh, starting again, God is able to make all grace abound. God making all grace abound. God making all grace abound. Now on the other side, you in the end result, abounding in every good work. Are you seeing the play on words? He's using the word abound twice. Once from God pouring it on you and the end result, you then being able to abound in every good work. It's not about muscling it, man. It's about God pouring in and changing you so that what you couldn't do yesterday, you can today. So that what you couldn't go after last year, there was no hope the way your heart was structured. This year, there's real hope. God's doing something in you and every good work abounding in you. God's looking to shape you to reflect him. You hear that? He's looking to shape you to reflect him. That's the end goal. And when we get frustrated and it feels like God's not doing much abounding right now, we veered off of this. We're missing somewhere that God's doing a deep work in our soul and we need to hunt for that. And all of God's people said, that's not a fun amen, but it's a good amen. All right? And uh, it says here, as it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. I'm telling you, our God is an amazing giving God. He gives uh, unparalleled. He gives unbiased. And he pours it on out into this world, okay? And his job, his goal, his vision is to help shape the soul and worship towards him. It says, he who supplies seed to the sower. Everybody say, that's God. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. All right? So I'll just use three words here. He starts it, he grows it, and he ensures it. He starts it, he grows it, and he ensures it. That's your God. He starts it and says he supplies you the very seed. We're walking around and we're like, have you seen how much I gave in cash to my God this month? Have you seen it? I'm an amazing giver, right? 
And the question, dude, where'd that money come from? Well, it would have come from God. And who'd you give it to? I gave it back to God. And so where should we be making a big deal? About me? That's a miss. God's the one lavishing it on, and we're lavishing it back on him, reflecting him. May we make much of him, not much of us, in the middle of it. And it says he starts it, he grows it, and he even ensures the harvest in the end. He increases the harvest. And what kind of harvest is it coming back with? Look at it in your scripture. He increases the harvest of righteousness, health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. He increases the harvest of our cash. And there's the fail. Okay? The goal is God growing us. And our heart will be about worship. And it is about our righteousness increasing as God changes us. It says, you will be enriched. That's an ensuring statement. You will be enriched in every way. To be generous in every way. Purpose statement. Right? He pours it on you so that you can be pouring it on. To be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. You pouring it on that God might be glorified. And um, I'm just telling you, your God is giving to you that you might be able to say, I see that give, Lord. And I'm giving back first fruits. What does that mean? It's a farmer's term again, right? It means when you go up to an apple tree and you start picking, and you pluck the first apples off, those are the first fruits, and those are the ones that are going out. It's not the last fruits, right? I've taken all the apples, I've diced everything into apple pies and apple cobblers, and I've eaten a few as a family, and I've cut a few up and put them in the kids' lunches, and I've done everything I could do with it, and I have some left over. I guess I'll give that to God. That's last fruits plan, Right? Whatever I have left when I'm done having my games and toys and fun, well, that's what I'll give. That's last fruits plan, and uh, that's not the plan. First fruits giving, right? So it's as we're taking it in, Lord, very first, right off the top, may I give to you and say thank you. It's amazing what you're doing for me. And then from the rest, you live on. Please hear me on this now. I'm going to be very careful. 90%, right? Those kinds of numbers, and people use them, and I'm just going to say, we'll talk about numbers in just a second, but... God is good with you spending a huge portion of your money to take care of things like housing and food and clothing. Please wear clothes, <laughs> right? And God's good with that. And he's good with you being smart and using your money and being careful to spend out and yes, even a vacation and some relaxation and being able to enjoy life. God is good with that. He wants you to enjoy and yes, he also wants you to be lavishing back on him and saying, I worship you. And all of God's people said, Amen. it's a big deal, man. All of a sudden, we're like, God doesn't want us to have any fun. And that's, that's not the case. And he wants us to enjoy life and also enjoy giving back to him. Huge deal. All right. So the simple question, giving and being available, and I get all that, but... Uh, Come on, Tim, the killer question, how much? How much am I supposed to give? And uh, I'm just going to answer it this way, all right? Let's just put a few verses together. Um, so you do see in Genesis 14 with Melchizedek that there's some giving of first fruits. You see that. 
And uh, Abraham giving to Melchizedek off of some things that they had made through war, some spoils they had taken, and they gave first before they went to spend. And uh, you do see in the law that there is this thing called a tenth, a tithe that's given. And there's some giving that goes on in it. And um, now let's be very careful about what we do with the law, okay? So I want to be very cautious here. Uh, we're told in the New Testament, and I'll just read the phrases, uh, the law is not abolished, but it is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So our goal is not to run around trying to fulfill the law ourselves. Jesus Christ has done it. And in fact, we cannot fulfill the law. Jesus Christ has done it. Who fulfilled the law? Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law, okay? So his goal is not to abolish, but to fulfill. Uh, but Hebrews uses a different word, Hebrews 8, uh, verses 7 through 13, and it says that the Old Testament is, it's an old covenant, and it is obsolete. Obsolete. That's the word used. So we're not saying abolished, like it's gone, but we are saying obsolete. We have to be very careful with these words and what they mean. Do not blow off the Old Testament, but at the same time, do not claim we now have to still try to abide by the Old Testament and the law. We have a real problem with that. That is not what's being said. Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law, and, and it is declared obsolete. There is a new covenant. And everywhere in the New Testament where giving is reflected, not the number is talked about, but the heart of it is talked about. Who has decided in his own heart what to give and then lavish that on, okay? Go where your heart is leading you and pour that on. That's the best answer. And, uh, but I'll say this now. Now, when God was writing the law and he had a chance to write down exactly what he was going to ask them to do, he gave a number and it was tenths, a 10%. So that's probably a great starting point. If you're looking at numbers to go after, notice I'm using a softer word there. A great starting point would be a 10% kind of number, and let's target that and give that to our God. But please be careful to not put yourself under law, obsolete, fulfilled in Christ. Everybody hearing me? Being very careful with that, okay? And so 10%, it's a great starting point, right? And, and go ahead and start there and see what God's teaching you about giving. Some of you are like, hang on. I'm currently giving zero. Ten's a big jump, man. Ten percent's a big jump. And, and so do some healthy steps in that. Be wise in that. Like, look at where you're at with your current budgets and some things you've made uh, good on some promises, and you're going to have to make good on those still. But being wise to giving from what you have and beginning in, waiting in. And then I always suggest this. This is an easy, practical one. You know, when review time comes around and you get a raise, it is easy to take a portion or even all of that raise and say, that's going to God this year. That's called our first fruits. We're raising our giving. And be wise to it. Be careful with it. Match up with what Scripture says. Learn from it. We see some statements made about tents, okay? I can definitely see a value in it, but I'm telling you I'm less importantly structured and looking at the number, and I'm much more looking at the heart. Somebody giving 10% like this the whole time. Fine. Right? That's back to reluctantly. Or, I'm being made to. Under compulsion. And uh, less interested in the number, much more interested in the heart. Okay? Want your worship on fire for Jesus Christ. That's what we want. And uh, the wallet will often reflect where our heart is. So go with what God's calling you to do. 
Right now, God's pressing in. Some of you are like, I'm telling you, honey, I told you we should have gone to Denny's. <laughs> and, uh, right? And uh, just think it through. Pray it through. My prayer is that your worship is on fire. I love what this church is doing and giving. And I'm telling you, your practical giving is phenomenal. And uh, man, come join us. The worship in here is unbelievable. And may your worship and your giving match what God is lavishing into your life. Decide in your heart, cheerfully, with availability, pouring it on that God through you can make an impact. Lord of, yes, even my possessions. Hudson Taylor said it this way. I used to ask God if he would come and help me. Right? How many of us have those kinds of prayers? Right? I used to ask God if he would come and help me. Then I asked if I could come and help him. Right? Lord, I, I know you probably need some help over there. And, right? So I used to ask if God could come and help me. Then I asked if I could come and help him. Finally, I ended up by realizing that God is doing the work. May he do it through me. Available. Through me. And the Lord's doing the work all the time, man. It's his handiwork. Are you willing to be the conduit as he pours into you blessings and, yes, possessions, and you work that out as you care for those around you, as you pour back into the church with some giving, as you watch God be glorified, saying, with blessing I will sow, because with blessing I have received. May God be glorified. All right? And um, simple question, how are you doing with being available? How are you doing with being a conduit where God's pouring into you and you're letting that pour through to giving back to him? Right? So cheerful, available, and last one, thankful. Celebrate God as the ultimate giver of givers. Celebrate God as the ultimate giver of givers. Thankful. And uh, it says here, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. The ministry of this service. What ministry is he talking about? The ministry of giving. The ministry of lavishing back on your God. Please hear me. Every gift you give is not to a person or to an institution. You're giving to your God. All right? It's worship. And he's like, be a part of that ministry, this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. These two words are actually a word picture in the original language, this word supplying. It means picture a barrel now. It means taking the barrel and filling it all the way to the top. If you look at it, the water is lapping right across the top of the barrel, right? Supplying. It means filled to the rim. The needs of the saints absolutely 100% fulfilled. In fact, in the root of that word is the word fulfilled, okay? Every need cared for, barrel to the max top, water lapping on the top, and then he says, but it's even more than just right to the top. It says, so that uh, in the midst of it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Like once it's lapping right at the top there, God just continues to pour into you and you continue to pour into it. Picture like a gutter running down to it and that's us. And God's pouring water in and it's running down that and spilling into the barrel and it fills all the way up and in fact so much so that it just starts spilling over the top, man. And that's the overflow of thanksgiving as we lavish on our God, as we 
rally 900 people together and t-shirt it up and everybody's laughing and smiling and excited to give uh, two to four hours of their time to go serve in the various ministries all over this community that God might be glorified. Overflow. That's what he's talking about. Have you experienced that kind of giving? Where you're fulfilling a need of somebody next to you. But more than that, it's actually bringing a thanksgiving in your soul that you had a chance to just be a part of it. And you were excited to be able to be giving money to the church or like we did several weeks back when we collected some money for Haiti for the building, right? We ended up with $220,000 out of that, man. That's where we closed that out at as we talked to Pastor Abraham and gave him basically what's going to probably be about a third of their church building, somewhere in there, maybe a little less, fourth Huge portion as we help a third world country church get up and going, man. And you guys were just lavishing it on. That's hilarious giving, overflow giving that God might be glorified. And uh, what I love about preaching this message is so many of you already get it. I've probably said that two or three times already. I want to be really careful when I say it. There is a massive understanding of generous giving in this body. Praise God. Love you guys. I love what you're doing. And may we just continue to worship him as we respond to him. And uh, thanks be to God, he says here. It says it's the overflowing and many thanksgiving. It says, by their approval of this service. How do you approve of the service? By the approval of the service. Well, by engaging in it faithfully. That's how you approve of it. When you're called to do something and you don't do it, you don't approve very much. You know what I mean? So by their approval, by joining in, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession to the gospel and the generosity of your contribution for them. There is a glorifying of God that comes as you trust Christ as Savior. Submit. Hardest reason that it is to be saved. Because the word submission is at its core. You are Lord of my life. You are Lord of all. See, if saved is just fine, Go ahead and do something good for me. Take me to heaven. Give me what's good for me now. See, that's not saved. Submission at its core. And seeing who Christ is as Lord of your life and giving him charge, confessing him as in charge, that's saved. And he calls it the submission to the gospel. I love that statement. What a huge description of saved. And, uh, and then more than that, not just saved, but now generously pouring it on. It says, the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. Thanks for pouring it on for the church in Macedonia. And thanks for pouring it on to the needs around you. And thanks for just pouring it on to everybody you know. Right? That's what he's saying. For all others. And uh, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Jesus Christ. He loves you. And he's giving with blessing. Man, he comes to this earth and he gives his very life for you. He gives his blood for you. He gives his flesh for you. He gives his heart for you. He takes on the weight of sin for you. He ends up saying, what you could never pay, I've got Jesus Christ. He says, I'm telling you this, the world is a train wreck and I'm coming in to set things right. 
Jesus Christ. He says, I am King of Kings. I am Lord of Lords. And I'm telling you, the universe will be set right underneath me. This cross, it is but the beginning. I will lavish it on. You will get to know the inexpressible gift of Jesus Christ. And that's a giving God. Amen? May he have all of us in return. Appropriate response. So simple question. How are you doing in responding to your lavishing God and pouring it on him? How are you doing in saying, thank you, Lord, I could never have done this without you. And because of what you've done for me, I will now humbly, submissively pour back to you of my money, of my time, of my possessions that you might be glorified. Thanks be to God. Let me press one step further. Where is he pressing you to be doing some giving? You might be giving regularly already to the church and you're like, I'm just telling you, I feel like there's a neighbor or a friend or someone I know in the church or somebody in our impact group and there's just some partnering we need to do, man. And they're great for that. And hear what God's pressing in on. I would say make sure that you are caring well for giving into the ministry and for giving into those around you, all right? Please hear me on this. I'm going to give one statement on this. If you're giving to others and you're doing it by going outside of the giving to the church, you are very responsible to have to figure out if that's an appropriate gift, okay? So I'm leaving that with you. Be careful not to enable someone into a place that they shouldn't be just by lavishing on money after money after money after money and it leaves them stuck in a sin. That's a tough walkthrough and we're more than willing to help walk through that. If you find a need for a repeated gift, be very careful. Just be careful with that. But giving, it is a sweet opportunity for us to come alongside and sometimes the better gift is for us to actually walk through realigning budgets with them and helping adjust whole structures of value system, selling a car, getting rid of a boat, right? Some of those things may be the better move than cut another check, okay? And so be careful. Let's be wise in our shepherding. Our goal is shaping the heart, not just managing a bank account. Our goal is getting worship on fire. And all of God's people said, his inexpressible gift, God glorified, may we raise him up. And show him as Lord in our life. Time for us to lay ourselves down. He's our king. Let's pray.